Hello, I'm Avery, and today I'm here with Amani and Fran, and today we are going to be discussing the Puerto Rican crisis before and after Hurricane Maria. We are going to discuss the power outages and how the U.S. has helped Puerto Rico and why it's criticized, as well as possible and proposed solutions. Let's start with the basics. What is the Puerto Rican crisis? Well, the Puerto Rican crisis started on September 20th when a Category 5 hurricane, which was Hurricane Maria, hit Puerto Rico, devastating the power grid and leveling infrastructure. Um, great. So could you give us some background on Puerto Rico itself? Um, Well, Puerto Rico is, as some people may not know, it is actually a territory of the United States. However, it is not given uh, voting rights to vote on the president or Congress. However, they can elect their governor, who is currently Ricardo Roseo. Great. So how are Puerto Rican citizens affected by this? So the Puerto Rican citizens are still suffering from power outages. About 400,000 people are still without power after 210 days. The people are in debt, and so is the country. There's a lack of water because they need electricity to access it. There are rising suicide rates, there are immigration problems, and many schools are closing. Right, so I know for a lot of Americans, it's really hard to imagine what these people are going through. So could either of you give some perspective to how these um, Puerto Ricans must be feeling? Well, yes, because we in Richmond lost power earlier this year, and my family in particular lost power from Friday night until Monday morning, which was tough because that was a weekend in between two busy weeks. Um, However, this is pretty much nothing compared to the Puerto Rican citizens who have been without power for months now. Amani, do you have anything to add? So I know that my family likes to buy groceries before the storm and things that won't have to go in the refrigerator so they don't spoil. And I know that it's really hard for the Puerto Ricans to access water and things like that. So I couldn't, it's hard to imagine what they're going through, but... Something like as little as what I'm experiencing helps. It really helps compare. Right. How can such huge issues like what's going on in Puerto Rico be ignored? So that's something I was asking myself while I was researching this topic. And when I was researching, I thought about A Long Walk to Water, which is a book we read earlier this year. And it's about a man named Salva who is Sudanese and... He single-handedly built a bunch of wells in Africa to give people water. And an excerpt from the book is, People could come from miles around to fetch the good, clean water. The well would change lives in many ways. She wandered around a little, sipping at her cool, fresh drink. Nia felt there was something she had to do. Thank you, she said, and looked up at him, which is Salva, bravely. Thank you for bringing me the water. So this is something really important during the Puerto Rican crisis, and it really compares because it's really important that one person made a huge difference, and I think that's something that we need to focus on and something that could happen during in Puerto Rico. Right, and I think a major part of that excerpt is the importance of water in daily lives, which is um, something that not all Puerto Ricans have a consistent access to now. So... Uh, 
Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, but um, the U.S.'s aid has been fairly criticized. So how does the U.S.'s aid in for mainland crises compare to that of Puerto Rico? Well, I feel like we can judge this story purely based on the statistics. So earlier in the 2000s, Hurricane Katrina went through the southern part of the United States, causing $160 billion in damages. Um, but the U.S. government was pretty good to respond with $114 billion to help those affected by the storm, which is a significant amount of uh, recovery money based on other um, problems recently. Um, and during Hurricane Sandy, there was $70 billion of damage caused by the hurricane, and the U.S. government came back with $56 billion to compensate that. Now, that number jumps up from $70 billion in damage during Hurricane Sandy to $94 billion, which was inflicted during um, Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. And so that's a $14 billion rise in damages. However, they were only given $15.8 billion, not even to themselves, but dispersed among the affected areas in the Caribbean. Right, so that is obviously a significant um, number of... That's a significant difference in aid. So why do you think Americans are not prioritizing Puerto Rico's recovery? I think one of the biggest reasons is the geographical difference because Hurricane Sandy and Jose and all those hit places on the mainland like Texas and Florida. And also the American citizens don't usually think of Puerto Rico as part of them. And so they don't really advocate for what's going on and they don't really know what's going on in Puerto Rico, but they definitely have a sense of what's going on in Texas and Florida, which is why so much money was given. Right. So that's sort of an American first mentality. Is there another example of this in history? Um, Well, I feel like we can relate this all the way back to Pearl Harbor during World War II. Um, So the U.S. was giving aid to their allies in Europe who were under fire from the Nazis. Um, And they were hesitant to actually fight back because we were kind of staying out of it and being neutral. Um, However, it actually took for them, for I guess the Japanese, to actually physically attack us. And so we felt that at home for us to actually, like, really empathize with those affected by it and actually get involved. Right, so it took a personal um, harm to cause us to react. So how does the U.S.'s sphere of influence over Puerto Rico affect how Puerto Rico is recovering? So to start, a sphere of influence is a territory in which a colonial power has exclusive investment in trading rights. An example of this is when France had primary primary control of African colonies, so their ideologies were spread onto Africa. And so America really makes it hard for Puerto Rico to do things that will help them because they're in, Puerto Rico is in debt and the United States hasn't given them any aid. And it's something that really needs to change. Right. So is this um, mentality a repetitive pattern for the U.S. in their foreign and um, domestic affairs? I think so. So one example of this I had was during the Vietnam War, 
when America fought just to contain communism, and they left terrible damage to the people and caused cancers. They killed all of the crops, and it was just a terrible thing that America did just to contain communism, and they really only got in the war to help themselves. Gotcha. Can you relate that back to Puerto Rico? Yeah, so... What America is doing with Puerto Rico is they're using them as a territory to help themselves for, like, trading purposes and resource resources. And the way that they really compare is America has America first mentality, and they only really interact in things that they feel can better themselves. Right. That's a great point. Um, Fran, do you have another example? I feel like we can relate this to Guatemala um, in addition to Vietnam. And so what happened in Guatemala, as people may not know, is um, they had a communist leader, Jacobo Arbenz, who was in power. And he was trying to reform labor laws in Guatemala to help the citizens because they had a very harsh labor system. And the U.S. did not like him reforming the labor laws because um, Guatemala was where they were getting all of their tropical fruit from. And if the labor laws went up, that means the prices of fruit would go up. So they actually implemented a secret operation called PB Success to infiltrate and uh, kill Arbenz. He escaped the country but fled away, away, and they implemented Carlos Castillo as the new governor or president of Guatemala, and he um, reinstituted the labor harshness. Right. So, obviously, if America is consistently intervening in examples such as these, they obviously think they're either helping someone, or that could be themselves, and they obviously want the results to help them or the people that they are attempting to help. So, do you think that these results are worth the, do you think, like, the ends justify the means, I guess? Mm, Well, in the case of America, I mean, they're supposedly the best country in the world but the things that they've done they don't really get a reputation for doing bad things so I guess with America's case they do get away with it right but do you think that the countries that they are intervening in benefit from America's intervention no in the case (laughs) of Vietnam many generations I think three generations of people were affected by the agent orange that they dumped on the people And the um, crops. And it's just so many countries have gone downhill from what America's done to them, even though they have such a big reputation for being good. I Mm. feel as though, like, this is, it's a very, um, as you said, an America first mentality, which is they are doing all this to betterment themselves. However, they're leaving a path of destruction in their wake. Um, and they're really raising themselves up while other countries are left to suffer. Mm-hmm. Right. So Puerto Rico was um, essentially annexed into America after, in 1898 with the Spanish-American War. So um, obviously Puerto Rico has been a part of the U.S. for a really long time. So do you think that although with every other result um, of these interventions, they've been bad for the countries, do you think that this has been a fairly good deal for Puerto Rico, or um, and it's just now coming down, or do you think it's always been a fairly bad deal? 
Um, I feel like, personally, this could have been a good deal for Puerto Rico because they're able to, well, at least economically, they're able to stabilize because they have the U.S. government and the U.S. currency backing them. However, now that they are, like, actually, like, in the thick of it and they need, like, government help and leadership, uh, the U.S. can't provide that because they just really don't care enough for that. Right. And so I think you mentioned this earlier, but Puerto Rico doesn't have any representation in Congress, so it is very U.S. domination. And I know that many people in Puerto Rico do not like the treatment that they receive from the U.S., and they really want to become independent but they're not able to because of the dependency theory, which makes a colony dependent on their trade and security with their mother country, as Fran said. Like, they need the um, the United States in order to work, but they can't because the United States doesn't give them their, right. like attention. That's a great point. So, um, moving forward, how... Is it possible, do you think, for Puerto Rico to stabilize their country and even thrive if they don't have any voting rights and um, are suffering from constant power outages and the lasting effects of Hurricane Maria? Um, well, I feel like um, this is businesses and, like, private, like, people and even, like, we mentioned a long walk to water, like, individuals have to help um, Puerto Rico and we can do this, I believe, by mainly um, reinstituting power because from there they are able to, like, extend themselves and actually, like, get the message out there and start, like, communicating with other people on, like, the rebuild. Um, and so this can be done many ways, but um, the main one we're leading to is wind turbines. However, we also have solar panels. Um, however, those would be expensive. But we could also rebuild the power grid, but that hasn't worked so far because um, one of the power grids that have already been rebuilt, a tree fell on it again, and pe more people lost power. Right, going into the power line, a tree fell, and I think half the island was affected um, just because of one tree and one power line. So the other solutions you discussed, Amani, why don't you think um, solar panels, which I think is what many people first jump to when they think reusable energy in Puerto Rico. So to start off, the um, solar panels in Puerto Rico are being built by Elon Musk and Tesla, and he wants to privatize energy, which would be more of a cost to the people, which would not be ideal for Puerto Rico since they're in debt. And the wind turbines are much more efficient than the solar panels. The one wind turbine will make as much energy as 16,000 solar panels, and they cost much less. Right, so they're obviously much more cost-effective. Well, to elaborate on what our solution is, we want to make offshore wind turbines, which would be placed in the ocean, and they'll be manufactured in the United States to lower the costs, and also because Puerto Rico doesn't have the tools to manufacture them. Then they'll be sent to Puerto Rico and um, put in the ocean, and so what they look like is it's basically the wind turbines that you see, but with a, like a disc that floats underneath them that will be put on top of the water. And then three cables will attach to the bottom of the floating piece and drilled into the ocean. And with the cables, it will be minimal to um, like disturbing wildlife and animals in the ocean, so that will be good. 
And also the wind turbines are removable, so you don't really have to worry about them getting damaged in storms. And if you want to transport them to another place, you can also do that. Sounds great. So do you think that um, these wind turbines are a cost-efficient way for the U.S. to finally help Puerto Rico? Um, I do believe that this can ultimately bring Puerto Rico back. Um, however, um, one uh, turbine can cost 2 to $4 million to install. However, like Amani said, the one turbine to 16,000 uh, solar panels the cost uh, ratio of that is much more in favor of the turbines, which right now is the perfect solution for Puerto Rico because they need power, but not at a high cost. Gotcha. So is there anything else you guys would like to add? Well, just to add on to the ratio and why um, wind turbines are much more efficient, they would cost three cents per kilowatt per hour of power, and solar panels would cost $7 per watt per hour, and a kilowatt is much more energy than a watt, and three cents is obviously much cheaper than $7. Great. To summarize, the U.S. has let a valuable territory slip up, but um, we believe through wind turbines they can get their territory, which they should feel obligated to protect and help. And that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening.